Thanks for joining us here at Temple Baptist Church in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. If you would like to see other resources or learn more about our ministry, check out www.tbccentralia.com. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. That's, woo, (laughs) that's what it's all about. That worked really good right there. Commercialism was at the heart of Garfield's Christmas. He said it, if you could pick it out, greed, avarice. This was portrayed by the gift that keeps on giving. We always wondered, uh, John driving this, this big forklift and all the smoke pouring out. And of course, it's in his house, so you kind of wonder about that. But it's whatever you think of. Wouldn't that be nice? Sit, sit on the artificial Santa's lap, put the cap on, and, and just all the stuff pour out. And the season's theme song is gimme, gimme, gimme. Do you ever see such a thing? Do we look around our world and see, and let, let's, let's, let's uh, help the rest of the world and say, in the United States, do you see gimme, gimme, gimme? And it's, it's hard to find, and I probably had to listen to it two, three times, um, but this is what the song says. When you think all your presents are accounted for, That's when you ask for more. How about that? I did this series in 2008. It's kind of neat, nine years later, looking back at it, and I'm not sure if I'm going to edit any of the 2008 comments because a couple of them are really interesting. So you'll have to wait for that. But um, we've got two, two questions to ponder this morning. Number one is this. Is it possible to get so caught up in the commercialism of Christmas, like Garfield, that we can miss Christmas by missing the real gift of Christmas? And right behind that is a very similar question. Can the real gift of Christmas get lost in all the purchases and beautifully wrapped presents of Christmas. Case in point. Just like in 2008, advertisements for gifts started in October, early. Um, In fact, I think when it went on into November and, and it's really picking up speed, uh, Stefan found a thing on Facebook that he reposted, and it was a very angry turkey saying, "Get out of my month! It's my it's this is my time, Santa." <coughs> um, we can always start buying early. Now, I like this <coughs> 2007 survey said this ten years ago. per person 
was the average gift giving. And I wrote a note this week that says, I want on this person's shopping list. <laughs> I mean, that, that's just, who in the world is it all uh, Manhattan and Los Angeles that they, 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 they took that survey? Because, I mean, that's just outrageous. And here's two very disturbing comments. Without Santa Claus, there would be no childlike faith. I have not heard either of these probably since 2008. Maybe there was such an uproar that they just scrapped it. Without Santa Claus, there would be no childlike faith. Well, I see childlike faith in the Bible. And I see childlike faith as we teach in our Sunday school classes and such that we are, we are helping the young learn about Jesus. And here's, here's this one will get you. What would the world be like without Santa Claus? That was a TV commercial. And I'm of course digging my fingers into my chair like, ah, what are you talking about? Haven't heard that one, so that must have got scrapped. Well, let's think about this question. We observe the pandemonium of our times. I mean, it's just crazy, isn't it? But how did so many people waiting for the Messiah miss God's miraculous gift of His Son that first Christmas and throughout His life? They had Him in the world physically. They could talk to him. They could listen to him. They could see the miracles and, and the, the most unusualness of him. You couldn't get anywhere close to Jesus here or anything that you didn't think, who is this person? We see that throughout the Gospels. Well, who is this that can cause the waves to stop and the wind to quit blowing? Who is this that can raise the dead to life? Who is this that can open the eyes of the blind? On and on it goes. And yet, for so many, they missed him. As we go into our passage this morning, we'll be in John chapter 1, 1 through 18. Let us ask the Lord's blessing on this message and the messages to come this month. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to, to be able to share your word this month with this congregation. Thank you so much, Father, that we have your word. Thank you so much that we have this good news of great joy that's for everybody. Father, I ask as we look into your wonderful word that, that you open our hearts and minds to what you have prepared for us, that you give us discernment and understanding, that you, you, you plant your word, that you grow it within us, that, that we will be ambassadors as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us, Father, to weed through all the commercialism, all the greed and avarice that takes place at this particular time of year that tries to substitute that for the wonderful message 
We ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. We've got a very powerful passage today. It, it's, it's John kind of looking years down the road, looking back, and the Holy Spirit working with him to, to help him put together the, the message that he wants everyone to hear. In the beginning was the Word. That's Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. We're thinking about gift today. The focus is on gift. Everything in the created world is a gift. I mean, I sure would not want to live in a barren desert. And all I see is sand. That's it. Uh, that wouldn't be any fun. But God has put sand in some locations. He's put palm trees in other locations. He's put wonderful rivers and streams and creeks and ponds and oceans and seas. He's put mountains. He's put flat areas. He's put valleys. He's put terraces. All kinds of beautiful things. And then he's filled it with wonderful creatures, animals of every kind, and, and birds and sea creatures and all that. And then he puts us here. And we can enjoy all these things. This is a gift. This is an everyday gift. Verse 4. In Him, Jesus, was life. And that life was the light of all people. Light is the gift of hope. Because we're going to find out in the next verse that darkness is here. But with him being life. And that life was light. It gave us hope. The gift of hope. Look at verse 5. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. And here is where we begin to go off track. We miss the real gift of Christmas. We have Christmas lights, and they're beautiful. My land, come into my neighborhood. You don't need your headlights on. We are literally surrounded. We've got a house to the north that I kid you not. We step out on the back, uh, back porch area, and there's a glow above all the houses. You think, oh my goodness. You look down to the, to the west... And there's two houses on the corner, and I know this one house just got new people that bought it this year, and this one has doubled from last year of what they put out. This one's trying to keep up, and they're going back and forth. And then you turn to the south, and the south, you have World War III going on. Because there's lights flashing, they're running up trees, and they're going like this crazy, and you're just like, my land? There's light. In fact, I had Debbie come out on the front stoop last night because today's the full moon, but last night was ever so close. And I said, okay, who's brighter, the full moon or the neighbors? <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's that, it's that bad. 
And they're beautiful. And we, we like to enjoy, we haven't got to go this year, but I did see the advertisement, that Festival of Lights that's in Foundation Park. That's really neat to go through there and look at that. But there was one particular light that came into the world. And we must not miss him because he is the gift that has made everything real and possible and filled with hope and love. Let's look at verse 6. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. That's John the Baptist. He was sent. Well, usually when you send things, it can come under the heading of gift. I sent you something. Be watching your front porch because there's a package coming and it's, it's a gift and you're excited. And what is it and what it's all about? Well, God sent this John the Baptist who ends up being the cousin of Jesus. You might call him another gift. He's the second opportunity after the birth of Jesus. He's the one that comes out of the wilderness proclaiming the good news. He's the one where valleys and mountains are being leveled and make the paths straight because everybody needs to hear this good news. He's the one coming out of the wilderness down into the areas where the people are and he's telling them about the need to get ready because the gift is coming. The gift is coming. The gift is coming to preach now. The gift has already appeared, but now the gift is coming to share the good news. Verse 7, 8, 9. Oh, 7. Okay. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, John did, so that through him all might believe. He is the person that points to the gift. Now sometimes isn't it nice to go into a store and you're just like, oh good grief, where do you even begin to look for this item? And so I am, I'm, men, I'll just, I'll just tell you, make it easy on yourselves. Don't be ashamed. Just You find someone in that uniform that works at the store and you say, can you tell me where this is? It'll save you hours of wandering and frustration and aggravation. Just go ask. And they'll tell you. And then you can go find it. But isn't it wonderful that you have someone like that that can point the way, tell you. John pointed the way. John's the one that, that one day after Jesus was baptized, one day says, there, right there, there's the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. You need to follow Him. Because He's the one. He's the one. Verse 8 and 9 confirm that. John, he himself was not the light. He worked for the light. The light shined through him. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light 
to everyone was coming into the world. Gives light. Brings that gift of light himself. The real gift was the true light for everyone. It's not just for this group, that group, that continent, that country, that state, that city. It's for everyone. The light shines on everyone. Verse 10. He was in the world. Now we're back to Jesus. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. The world missed the gift. Well, I can tell you, I can remember in, in grade school and stuff, I'd be daydreaming or something, which wasn't uncommon. And I'd miss something. I'd miss the teacher saying something. And, and you know, isn't it the most terrifying thought that just one second ago, everybody is looking at the teacher and you kind of space out for a couple seconds, and when you come out of it, everybody's writing something. And you're just like, what are you writing? What, what happened? What, what's supposed to be happening now? It's, in a way, like what happened in the world. The world just kept doing its thing, just kept, kept revolving and, 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 and kept doing what was natural, to it and they just didn't recognize I'll get more into that when we get to the star which is the 31st I'll get into that more there because there's a lot of really good questions there how do you miss the star you miss the gift and you miss the star well is it over for us we missed him. He's gone. What happens now? Well, praise the Lord. We've still got the opportunity. Verse 11. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. The world not only missed the gift, they rejected the gift. So many people rejected Jesus. Stood right in front of him. Heard him, watched his power, watched his love and his mercy and everything. And they rejected him. They did not want the gift. Do you know what the biggest shopping day is besides Black Friday? December 26th. Where everybody says, I don't want that. <laughs> or it's too big, it's too small, it's not the right color. I never asked for that. And it's, let's head back and take it back and exchange it. I pity the people that work in stores like that. I just, oh, mercy heavens. They rejected the gift. But now, listen to this good news. Verses 12 and 13. Yet to all who received him. Now, not everybody missed him. And not everybody rejected him. Some of them believed and received to those who believed in his name. He gave, there's that gift again. He gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, 
nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. It was God's decision to rebirth those who believed. That causes us to, to think about this gift. The gift of God is being a part of His family. The gift is about a love relationship with the creator of the universe, everything, by believing in His Son, who He freely gave to us in physical form, so His Son could give to us His body and blood so that we in believing in his death and his resurrection we could be saved you are aren't you <laughs> it that that's that's just powerful that he would love us so much the ones that are missing and rejecting and ignoring that he would strive with us so he could see that his gift was received. Verse 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. He came, Jesus came bearing the gifts of grace, truth, and the Father's love. I think in a way it's, there's no more powerful place in a way then in the Gospel of John, way down in the 14th chapter. If you're in the 14th chapter, you know this is the evening of his betrayal. It's getting real close. And Andrew says, just show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. Just show us the Father. God, Jesus has been talking about that. The Father, the Father, the Father. And they just, just showing to us. And we'll be satisfied. And I can only imagine the look on Jesus' face when he turns and looks at Andrew and the rest of them and says, Don't you know me? I am the Father, and the Father is in me, and I am in the Father. See, when Jesus came, he came with the fullness of God in him. He follows the Father perfectly. Always where the Father wants him to be. Always saying what the Father wants him to say. Always doing what the Father is wanting him to do. Perfectly. He is the perfect gift the gift of grace truth unfailing love and great compassion and of salvation look at verses 15 and 16 John testifies concerning him Jesus he cries out saying this was he of whom I said 
He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. He tells people, this is God. This is the Son. This is the Messiah. This is who you've been waiting for. From the fullness of His grace, we have all received one blessing after another. Multiple blessings. Consistent and wonderful blessings from a Father's heart. How many of you know, it was a real slow start again this year, but how many of you in your travels in town found those beautiful, beautiful trees that had turned such gorgeous colors. And every day you went around, you watched for that. Oh, how it's even more beautiful. And then the wind started and tore some of them up really quick and the leaves are gone. But then some of them still last. It's like, oh, thank you, Father, so much for that beautiful, beautiful tree, that beautiful bush that's turning the different colors. How about some gorgeous sunsets? How about some gorgeous uh, moon, moon scenes? We've had some remarkable rainbows this fall. Remarkable rainbows. Um, just, just beautiful. These are blessings as well as gifts. Verse 17, for the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. We had to have the law to show us exactly who we were in our own flesh. The law is good. It needed to be given. God and the Lord Jesus tells us in the Bible that if you follow the law... You will live. Guess what? We can't follow it. So we're dead. So, the gift brings grace and truth. Grace and truth made available to the world through the gift. I know you can't follow it. I know you can't constantly, perfectly follow the law. Therefore, the gift, my son, paid for your sins. And when you believe in him, you automatically come into this love relationship. And you see the truth of the gift. We needed a sacrifice. God, the perfect, holy, righteous Father, needed somebody to pay for our sins. And no animal could pay for it. In the Old Testament, it just covered it. In the New Testament, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world pays for them. And in grace and truth, we are found as believers, confessing believers, in this good news of great joy, we find ourselves in this wonderful relationship 
and family of the living God. Look at verse 18. No one has ever seen God, but God the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. The real gift is that Jesus has made the Father known and all His gifts, blessings, and unfailing love to all. What I always have told folks, if you want to know what God looks like, read the Gospels. Because everything Jesus does, He does in the power of God His Father. So when you look at Jesus, you look at God. You know what the Father looks like because of what we read in the Gospels. So, we got a couple things to think about. The people lived in darkness. Sin brought a devastating darkness into this world. So does blind commercialism. Doing everything possible to make the buck. Not only does it have to do with that, but uh, Gary, you touched on it. What you will hear a lot of at Christmas time, in the Christmas season, is the magic of Christmas. There's no magic to Christmas. It's the miracle of Christmas. It's the miracle of a father's love for his children. The degree a father goes to to rescue his children by giving his one and only son. We think about preconceived ideas and opinions about the season. Of what we want, how we're going to do things, what the parties and everything. But not the gift anticipated. See, he's, only, he's, he's come once as a baby. He'll never come that way again. So at Christmas time, we, we focus on remembering his first coming. At the same time, we joyfully anticipate the second one. Because, wow, what the second one is going to do in this world. God provides plenty of witnesses. Your witnesses. I'm witnesses. Who, what are we a witness to? God's word that tells us all about him and salvation and Jesus. All these things. And what it comes down to is that giving is a natural response in a world filled with God's blessings. If you are a follower of Jesus, a believer in the Lord God Almighty... Your heart should be filled with thanksgiving and gratitude and overflowing with God, what God has done for you that you will naturally give to others. 
you and I would, will, should naturally give. It should be exciting to give. And, and not just those presents, but what are you getting for the person? And, and, you know, not every single thing has to have a track in it or anything like that. But how you give it, how you describe giving it to them, the, the moment that you sit with them and say, here's what... I got her, I, I was led to, to give you, or whatever, and, and whatever it is, even if, it, if, if it's just an article of clothing, maybe the Lord put on your heart, hey, do you remember hearing them tell you that um, they don't have enough clothes for work, or uh, they're short on something, and that's what you can tell them. You know, when I was hunting for a gift for you, um, the Lord reminded me of a conversation that gets God right in the middle of it. And whether they look at you like you're nuts or whatever, you're telling them, I'm in tune with my Heavenly Father, and my Heavenly Father knew that you needed this. And instead of just dropping it out of the sky in your lap, He chose me as the vessel to bring it. Because I'm His child. And because you can be too. You can be too. You know, one of the I, 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 I we love the Hallmark movies just just as much as most people. But you know what the disturbing thing is also. Ninety nine point eight of those movies somewhere in that movie will say, "Follow your heart." You just need to follow your heart. That's not what the gift would tell you. Because the Bible says our heart is wickedly deceitful. It is just filled with, and it's going to lead us astray. Because the heart is talking about the flesh. And the flesh is going to say, oh, enough of that stuff. Let's go do this. But over and over again, and it, it just it makes me twist in my chair. <laughs> We watched one the other night, and, and it just, I, I understand it. The little boy's dad was in the service, and, and he had got injured, and, and they were recuperating him overseas. And there was really no reason that he couldn't come home, and he was almost ready to do it, and they just said, ah, no, we'll keep you. Well, little boy writes, Santa! And at the end of the movie, of course, this woman helped get him home, but the thanks went to... And I'm sitting there like, oh, gee whiz, Lord, I know this is a secular thing, but it just, it just goes all over me. Because a whole world is watching, saying, oh yeah, let's pray for, let's let Santa do these things. And as far as that goes, I'll bite my tongue in, in case you, you're dealing with small children. Um, but I'm like, no, the Lord, the Lord accomplishes things and nobody else. There's nothing inherently wrong with the giving of gifts at Christmas. Say, I, I love lights and all these things. I, the music... But, and Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. All right, we, we've got a clear statement. And it's not even in the Gospels, it's in Acts. 
Jesus is quoted as saying, it's, it's more blessed to give than to receive. So I've got a directive there. But it can run astray. It can run astray. I remember a Christmas when we lived here before that it was incredibly gross how many gifts got brought in by grandparents. I, 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 we stood at the door holding the door open like, how much more is coming in? How much more is coming in? And it's a whole back of a caravan that's full of all sizes. And you know what? It was junk. It was wrapped up junk. The kids looked at it. Why'd they get that? And it, it, it was just horrible. See, it runs astray. Oh, let's get this. Let's get that. Let's get that. Oh, that looks nice. That looks interesting. Mercy. We must keep things in perspective, however, and keep our eyes focused on the gift with a capital G. A gift personifying the very real manifestation of the Father's deep and compassionate love and the true reason we celebrate and share at Christmas. Let's wrap this up with this statement. This holiday season, don't miss the gift. And probably each message, this is how we'll end up with whatever that topic was. Today was the gift, next time it'll be something else. Don't miss the gift. The real gift of Christmas. It's within that word. Christ. Jesus Christ. The one and only. The Messiah. The Lamb of God. The Savior of the world. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, simply go to www.tbccentralia.com forward slash next. You see, here at TBCC, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight.